नमस्ते एवरीवन वेलकम टू द चार बुक पॉडकास्ट दिस इज योर होस्ट कुशल मेहरा ऑल राइट टुडेज गेस्ट इज मिस्टर नीरज कुमार नीरज कुमार जी इज अ फॉर्मर कमिश्नर ऑफ दिल्ली पुलिस एंड आल्सो ही वाज द इंचार्ज ऑफ द बीसीसीआई एंटी करप्शन आई डोंट नो इफ शुड आई कॉल इट द ब्यूरो और द डिपार्टमेंट इन बीसीसीआई व्हिच वाज डीलिंग विद एंटी करप्शन फॉर 3 इयर्स एंड ही इज ऑब्वियसली एन ऑथर ऑफ मल्टीपल बुक्स आई डोंट नो इफ यू गाइस रिमेंबर देयर वाज डायल डी फॉर डॉन एंड देयर वर देयर वर बुक्स विद द खाकी फाइल्स आल्सो इफ आई रिमेंबर करेक्टली बट टुडे वी आर गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट हिज लेटेस्ट बुक व्हिच इज अ कॉप इन क्रिकेट सो मिस्टर कुमार थैंक यू वेरी मच फॉर कमिंग प्लेजर टॉक टू यू माय प्लेजर सर So, sir, I always have this rule. Every time I cover a book on the podcast, I I first request my guest to so to tell the viewers why did you decide to pick this project and and maybe I I can lay it lay it out for you because आपने मतलब dial D for Don जैसी बुक लिखी है and you know you are known for covering probably being in part of one of the most gruesome cases in india's history i don't know how many people know about uh, this that uh, um, you know you were part of the nirbhaya murder uh, murder investigation also so when when you decided to pick this book as a topic what 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 made you like what was the thought process behind it so kushal it is like this kushal is, is the pronunciation right or kushal 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 sorry so kushal it's like this that i retired from the indian police service in 2013 and in 2015 i was uh, i would like to believe and pick to head the anti corruption unit of the board of control for cricket in india i thought that i had been hand picked because i was associated with almost every important uh, case connected with corruption in cricket in our country be it the hansi cronie case be it the azaruddin case the 2013 spot fixing case involving shrishant when i was the commissioner of police and the case was cracked under my leadership and there are few others so i thought that i have been hand picked because of my experience in dealing with these cases and i thought that uh, the bcci has gone through uh, the throes of a lot of uh, changes on account of the 2013 spot fixing case following which the mudgal committee was appointed following which uh, the loda committee was appointed the entire top brass of the bcci was sent packing uh, and cataclysmic changes were brought in the running of the board and i thought that uh, i had been handpicked to be there and set the house in order and uh, to my horror i realized that i was the most i was the least needed person in uh, the board nobody wanted to talk to me nobody wanted to know what problems there were in uh my unit i just had two people to assist me and we had to cover the entire country educate all cricketers participating in domestic matches uh, give anti corruption education program to visiting cricketers and so on and so forth and i had just two people with me and i wanted more resources 
but nobody was prepared to listen to me uh, so all I mean it was besides disappointing it was also at times humiliating and i was full of uh, shall i say that uh, venom and full of pent up uh, uh, you know some feelings so i thought i must give vent to all those feelings and tell the readers the story my story through which i wanted to convey some interesting experiences i had uh, as also uh, the rot that is there within the bcci and i wanted to tell them that uh, corruption in cricket is the least of priorities for the board so of the toxicity that i had accumulated within myself over a period of 3 years that i served in the bcci sir isse do follow up questions aate hain first aapko puchta hu so you've been a top cop in india you have you are used to working in a certain environment where you are in charge of an investigation you're taking care of the investigation you have i'm not saying umpteen number of resources but as a police commissioner and someone who has headed investigations of massive importance in the history of this country you are used to following people okay uh, do this do that get me this get me that and now from there you are stuck in this to three member team uh, i mean i remember this case in the book where you tell someone to write a document and that person cannot write the document and then you end up writing the whole document yourself so how was that adjustment for you uh, from being a top cop to being this guy who's supposed to apparently quote clean up corruption inside cricket and then you're like are mai karu kya do aadmi ke sath so how did that adjustment happen oh it was very tough it was very trying very challenging and yet i didn't want to give up in a hurry i wanted to give this uh, message to everybody that despite all the constraints it was still possible to deliver it was still possible to conduct operations to disrupt illegal leaks to catch people to get people caught because we don't have a police powers in the bcci so i had to persuade my colleagues in the police uh, to do that part on our behalf and but whatever we could do i did and i wanted to give this message to everybody that despite the constraint in resources uh, we could do quite a lot and i wanted to give this message to the board that if you give me the resources i am capable of doing wonders for you but all those things didn't happen they waited for me to leave after which all the proposals that i had mooted uh, they were all accepted because uh, my proposals were all very sound they were all accepted more hands were brought on the deck uh, today the anti corruption unit is a well staffed organization it has various other resources i'm glad for the unit uh, because i headed it and all my proposals have been accepted so i feel happy about it but as long as i was there the board ensured that i got nothing 
the second one is as you correctly said you know you were part of the original hansi kurnier investigation now that was like a direct match fixing it's out and out match fixing investigation then we come to the 2000 was it may 2013 right yes may 2013 spot fixing in the ipl where we had uh, shri sant ajit chandela ankit chauhan you know whatever they were doing and but so my first question for in that case is like how are in from an investigative uh, point of view how how do you differentiate between match fixing and spot fixing from your perspective see match fixing uh, means that you throw away a match whereas spot fixing is that uh, you uh, compromise at a certain point in the match for instance you throw a wide a wide ball after giving a signal that you will be throwing a wide ball so the bookies or the the punters they get your message uh, for instance as it happened in the case of shisham he pulled his uh, towel hand towel from the rear of his trousers uh, and uh, kind of tucked it in the, in the front that was the signal after which he gave away a certain number of runs in that particular over so when you compromise uh, a certain point of the game and you do something as per the dictates of a fixer uh, that is called spot fixing whereas match fixing is that five six players get together and decide to throw away the entire match to lose a match so that is the difference sir kronie ke time pe there is this famous uh, uh, you know incident it is actually i saw a netflix documentary too that you were covered in and in that also the story is mentioned and you have also mentioned it in the book the famous bookie if i remember his initials correctly it was mk right sir mk the wo that's right सर ऐसा क्या प्यार आ गया कि उसने बोला मैं सिर्फ आपके आगे ही कन्फेस करूंगा <laughs> नहीं प्यार नहीं, प्यार प्यार नहीं आया था वो ही वांटेड सीबीआई that how many officers in the cbi today you know i'm sure you can't even give me the names of three people you know at best you would perhaps know the director or you would know one or two more people absolutely that is it. so mk gupta did not know any cbi officer he had seen me at a public meeting in south extension where he owns a jewelry shop i was deputy commissioner of police south delhi and i had as a dcp of the area i had called a meeting of the market association there uh, to tell them what safety measures they should take for uh, the market and so on and there he had seen me and he thought that he is the only person whom i have seen or whose name i know and i know that he is in the cbi that was the only connection uh, connection he had never spoken to me he had never met me 
and nor had I ever spoken to him. So that is the connection. I'm glad you have explained this because even in the Netflix documentary, there was it, it was just shown in a way, and I'm not blaming the content creators or anything, but when I watched it, I was like, Are explanation to do why Mr. Kumar uh, was told by MK. There was no explanation. Everybody's like, hey, kya ho hai? So that's why I asked you this question. Ke at least clarify to kare ki ye hua kyo. Why, no. why did the specific uh, you know bookie come? So, so I I had this uh, I wanted to ask you. You're a cricket fan. I know you mentioned that in the book also. When you start in the preface itself, you say you're a fan of the game. You you know, you talk about old matches that you have watched. When you first came across this ghastly reality of the dirt, my first question is, how did you feel as a fan? Oh, I was shocked. Shocked to my marrow, as marrow of my bones. You know, <laughs> I thought, oh my God, this game, uh, one I thought is uh, like so pure and so, you know, venerable and so... You know, and uh, gentleman's game and all that. And uh, when I heard the stories and heard it firsthand from MK Gupta, I was blown out of my mind, you know. So I was pretty shocked, I must say. And, and when, so how does a person who is in an investigative process, if we are all human beings, we're fans of the game because uh, like it or not cricket is an obsession in india i mean it was then it is now then when you're in charge of such an investigation how does one control their emotions there because at the end of the day as a human being you're going to be pissed off because yaar main tumko itna follow karta hu yaar tum log ye sab kaam kar rahe ho baith ke yaar piche se so how did you manage to separate the emotional aspect from the investigative aspect like how hard was it no, see, when you are investigating, uh, just like when you are, say, as a surgeon, you are operating on a patient, everything else gets blanked out. You are only focused on carrying out that incision, you know, uh, pulling out that uh, defective organ and so on and so forth. So when you are investigating, all your emotions, everything are on the side. You are just going about it, uh, shall I say, very surgically very you know methodically and very clinically so uh, that difficulty one doesn't have because of one's training fair enough you know one thing one incident i have to quote directly from your book it's in the preface and you know these are one of the this was one of the things that actually broke my heart when and you i'm reading the quote directly where you have said, who would have thought that the late father of our present skipper, Virat Kohli, obviously this book uh, came when Virat was the captain, now Virat is no longer the captain, uh, was once asked to pay for his son's selection to the Delhi State Junior Cricket Team. When his father refused to pay, Virat was left out of the team and the young lad wept for days. Virat talked about this unfortunate incident in a web chat on Instagram with ace footballer Sunil Chetri. On 16th May 2020, God alone knows how many young cricketers have had their talents nipped in the bud after being dropped from teams they deserve to be in because their parents could not or would not pay bribes to the selectors. Now, uh, why I read this is because I want to frame 
and maybe i'll request you to now explain in detail how corruption in cricket works in different formats because your book is not just about match fixing it is about uh, spot fixing match fixing phony 2020 leagues uh, coaching programs happening in all sorts of places in india scouting programs so so could you maybe uh, now elaborate how deep this rot is i'm very glad uh, kushal that you asked me this question because one of the messages i wanted to convey to the readers is that uh, an ordinary lover of the game he gets upset only when the upper echelons of the game uh, get affected he is not bothered about what happens he just is watching an ipl match and as far as he is concerned he just wants that ipl match to be fair and that's it but what he forgets that everyone who is playing that match has come through a system you know the same player the same say surya kumar yadav or the same rinku singh uh, or the same uh, we had the other day uh, jaiswal uh, you know all these players have come through a system they started as youngsters they were supremely talented uh, they had to compete to get into a team uh, and every at every stage they are confronted with corruption if virat kohli's father was asked for bribes surely <clears throat> something similar must be happening to most of the cricketers i don't say it has it happens to everybody but to the most of the cricketers you know everybody is approached every parent is approached that if you want your ward to be on a certain team you have to give so much of money sometimes even sexual favors are asked of, of uh, you know uh, the players themselves or if not the players uh, you know their mothers their sisters who accompany the child to the uh, you know to fields and so on all these are reported matters they have been looked into and i am not kind of uh, uh, you know conjuring these uh, images or these stories these are really reported cases <clears throat> so at every stage then you uh, you know you come to the selection trials for ipl what all goes on there so what i have tried to tell them that at every stage uh, cricketer is faced with corruption and so when he comes and reaches the top level uh, you know it is no surprise that he gets compromised so easily and does something which is the bidding of a fixer or a bookie or so on this is the message i wanted to give to the readers that do not only consider match fixing and spot fixing to be Uh, corruption in cricket the entire ecosystem of corruption in cricket is far wider far more broad based where there is corruption at every level and where people come through a system which is quite rotten so that is why they get compromised like i have given you the instance of ajay sharma uh, for whom 
uh, MK bought a pair of cricket shoes, gave him some money, helped him grow as a cricketer monetarily, and then made use of him for his uh, betting and fixing and so on. So, people, young cricketers are groomed. They are firstly spotted by these uh, prospective fixers. Then they are groomed. That means they are given all kinds of monetary support, financial support. And once they reach the top, it is likely that that uh, association with that person is misused to compromise the player. So uh, when these, uh, 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 and, and I'm using the word scouts in courts, basically I, I should say these are predators. I think they should be called predators because they are literally going around looking for you know, innocent young children and their parents. Like you have, uh, you know, in your book, you talk about stories where, uh, you know, somebody has put 7 lakhs into it. Somebody has put 13 lakhs into it or 15 lakhs into it. And, you know, they literally sell off everything. These are poor people in tier three cities or rural areas and their lives are at stake. And they, the, the only dream they have is because they saw Sachin Tendulkar hit a six or Virat Kohli hit a four. And they're like, Ek din main iske banna their parents back them. They go to these uh, places. But sir, I was shocked, you know, a lot of people like toss fixing. I mean, you talk about the sixth India-Pakistan test in 1979-80. Then, then you talk about the famous 1934 incident of Lala Marnath also. But let's talk about this predatory mindset that these people have. So do they like these people who are looking at these potential players? Are they actively looking for weak players or the system is where they don't have to go anywhere because of the population. They just keep having a fresh supply of, you know, unfortunately, I have to say this, new victims always coming in. They don't look for weak people. They look for vulnerable uh, cricketers, vulnerable prospects, you know, who are uh, very poor who need monetary support, who need uh, cricket kits, uh, who need uh, money to uh, support themselves. If you see the... I was reading about the life of uh, Yashasvi Jaiswal. He used to live uh, in a tent with the groundsmen uh, on Azad, uh, in Azad Maidan in Bombay. He was earlier living with a milkman uh, who threw him out because uh, he could not help him in his day-to-day business. And he did not find him up to the mark. So he threw him out. And then he started living with uh, groundsmen. Now such cricketers who are in such abject conditions, abject poverty, uh, if somebody comes along and supports them at that stage, says, you come and stay with me in my house. Or here is some money, stay in a more decent place. I'll give you a monthly stipend of say 2,000 rupees or 3,000 rupees. It changes their lives. It makes their lives so much more uh, livable and uh, easy. And uh, that's how they are uh, groomed by prospective uh, fixers. And at an appropriate time, 
that association is in cast upon so you talk about the lodha committee report and you also talk about the mudgal committee report uh how you know it had made recommendations now in 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 your experience when these recommendations are made like how does the board function like are does the board then introspect or 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 look at these things or 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 say okay nahi ye bola hai to hame ye karna padega like how, how does the how does the bureaucracy inside the bcci function so it's like this the, the board is please remember not a government body they are not duty bound to follow all instructions uh, in the case of the bcci when the supreme court passes orders they tried their best to subvert those orders not to follow them and they kept on filing writs and review petitions and so on and so forth till one day the supreme court court got fed up and passed an order <clears throat> excuse me passed an order that uh, you are hereby sacked because you did not follow our orders and you will be replaced by a new set of committee of administrators and they took over from there so uh, <clears throat> uh the board members they are a law unto themselves they do not go by the dictates even of the supreme court and uh, uh, it is something to be seen and whatever they have done they have done under the threat of being sent to prison otherwise they would not have uh, complied with the orders <coughs> sorry this sir this is very interesting in your book how you talk about a period between uh, i think uh, 1516 if i remember correctly where you know making basic changes uh, like img being very much involved with the ipl and if even when you made like you say when you made the suggestion to rajiv shukla and anurag thakur they did respond positively but there's a very interesting words you use you say they both responded positively but appeared nervous at upsetting the status quo can you explain like what is the status quo and why were they nervous like you would associate like rajiv shukla and anurag thakur to be established politicians so why would they be like the average viewers uh, response would be yaar ye to politician hai itne established politician hai so why would they be so nervous at uh, changing the status quo yeah because something which had been uh, followed a model which had been followed from the very inception of the ipl which was in 2008 uh that was being upset the model was being tweaked or it was proposed that the model uh, should be tweaked because the services of a south africa based security company providing security services to the board is not necessary the the same services can be provided at the the fraction of the price that was being paid to the south african company by people locally by a vendor based in india fully manned by uh, indians indian nationals and so a company a uh, vendor was uh, 
located and uh, the work was given to them and in the bargain the board began to save between 15 to 20 crores uh, a year uh, but initially the bosses were a little worried that if this very beautiful model uh, initiated by mr lalit modi in which the ing and the nsa nsa is the name of the south african uh, security company, if uh, the NSA is taken out of the equation, how things would work out and should something go wrong, then they will have to take the responsibility. So that's why they were nervous. Okay, sir, I, I have to read this because this kind of blew me away. This is again, Vijay Barhate, a natwarlal of Indian cricket. Uh, that is the bit I, it, you say. Within days of my joining the BCCI in 2015, an email landed in the inbox of integrity at bccci.tv, an email address where the public could send in any complaint relating to corruption in cricket. And now I'm going to read the bit that my mind stopped working. The complainant alleged, alleged that Sober Choban, son of a prominent member of the Delhi District Cricket Association, had cheated him of a huge sum of money. Joban had apparently shown the complainant pictures of himself with the secretary of the board, which gave the complainant the impression that he knew the officer office bearer well. Joban promised the victim that the secretary would help him in getting a place in the Indian under-19 team if he paid him rupees 20 lakhs. The complainant had paid Joban the money by check. He had attached a copy of a bank statement with his complaint that clearly showed the transfer of amount to Joban's account. Matab, itni brazen. Matab, corruption ke bhi paisa white me le rahe hai log abhi. So kya is me harz kya hai? What's up? Corruption to black me karo kam se kam sir, yes ho chara tha mein. This is this is not the government. This is not something in which you get caught and you will go to jail uh, for this kind of thing. And uh, you know, this was a risk that uh, was worth taking. So <laughs> nothing to be so shocked about. I mean, I've just I I am blown away with the incidents. Uh, uh... I mean, you talk about Jeevan Mukadam, Dinesh More that are scouting cricket grounds and clubs dressed in IPL franchise outfits. I mean, what the hell? This is like a proper scam. You mentioned in the book, they put, they even invite cricket players in the opening ceremony. So my question to you is, they invite these players, former players, sometimes international players are invited in these tournaments to give it, you know, a, a, a facade of legitimacy. So That's what right. does these players? Yeah, right. So what are these players doing? They don't have their agents, don't do any research. See, players ko directly to bolta nahi hoga. Players must be having agents. So agent ko call jati hogi. Agent bolta hai, player kidar bhi chale jata hai. Kushal, it is like this. That once they have retired from uh, active uh, cricket, you know, they are looking around for such opportunities where they can make a quick buck by merely appearing at a cricket event, if they get some money or uh, if they get, uh, you know, first class air travel, stay in five star hotels and neat packet of money, why not? Because they are no longer getting any money out of cricket. 
so it is very very common it's very common uh, that retired cricketers indulge in these kind of activities i mean i'm just blown away it is insane the kind of stories uh, you talk about but i have one specific thing that i want you to explain could you tell everybody what is pitch siding what does that mean that that, yeah. that is so weird the mai confuse ho gaya uske bare mein sunke no pitch siding is very simple you see when you watch an image on the television uh the there is a time gap between the event actually happening let let me give you a concrete example a match is in progress say a cricketer uh, a batsman hits a boundary now he has hit a boundary this image is caught by the video camera and it is beamed to a satellite several thousand miles away in the space the electromagnetic waves from the ground travel all the way to the satellite and the satellite beams it back to the tv station or whatever it is and their process their receiver processes those electromagnetic waves converts them back into a visual image and then that gets beamed into on to your television sets now this the there is a like time lag that means the time that uh electromagnetic waves take to travel from earth to the space to that uh, satellite in space and back to the tv station and from the tv station to your tv uh, to your television and to get it processed there is a time lag and the time lag is somewhere between 14 to 15 seconds which is a long time so what happens is pitch siding is that somebody is sitting in the ground watching the event the boundary has been hit he on a mobile phone says four right now that information reaches the uh, bookie sitting say in jhunjhunu and the case that i did the man was actually sitting in rajasthan in a place called jhunjhunu so he receives information that a boundary has been hit now there is betting on every ball now at the end of every ball what are the possibilities either no runs have been scored that is a possibility there is a possibility that one run has been scored there is a possibility that two runs have been scored there is a possibility that three runs have been scored there is a possibility that four has been scored there is a possibility that six has been scored and there is a possibility that the wicket is fallen there are so many possibilities right now everybody who is betting is betting on these possibilities maybe you are betting on say two runs being scored i am betting on three runs but that bookie and with him a whole lot of betters they already know that a boundary has been hit so they will all put their money on four four runs and actually when the finally when it is seen on the television four has been scored but that person knows about that four much before you and i knew about it 
and therefore he wins every possible bet that he puts his money on. So that is pitch siding. And by the way, pitch siding is not only peculiar to cricket. It happens in football, it happens in tennis, it happens in golf, it happens in various sports. So there are these people who are sitting in the stadium, passing on information in real time. That means if the uh, four has been scored, there is somebody who comes to know about it instantaneously. Whereas others get to know about it in 14 to 15 seconds. And therefore, the man who knows about it immediately, he stands to gain and others stand to lose. That is pitch siding. I hope I have made myself clear. Yeah, not only that, I would again like to read an excerpt where you say, I recall we located 14 pitch siders whom we picked up from the stands and took for questioning to the police station. They all confessed to having been sent by one bookie or another from different parts of the country. Quite a few of them were from Rajasthan and Haryana. They were surprised at the police action as they had been pitch siding for many years and had never been caught disturbed by the police before. And then you go on and write, their questioning revealed that for every event, that is a fall of wickets, four, sixes, runs scored, etc., they were paid rupees 1,000 by the bookies. They ended up making over 1 lakh in every match, which took care of their hotel stay, air travel and other expenses, besides leaving them a handsome earning. Their masters invariably made a killing enriching themselves with crores of rupees. Itne paise. Yeah, so much money that they could start new businesses like the Junyunu man, he was into arms trafficking, he was into human trafficking, he was into all kinds of organized crime. And very soon he would have so much money that he would begin to fix cricketers uh, and so on and so forth. It, 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 it just blows my mind. Like, uh, and also, you know, some of these scams are so hilarious. Like, I was telling you offline recently, there was a scam. I was crazy, I was Akshay Kumar's picture. I remember that CBI officer, the special 26, I don't know if you've seen the picture. That was a picture that the CBI officer I mean, IPL ka replica bana diya aur Russians ko beokuf bana rahe hai aur Russian bet kar rahe hai aur Russian bhi itne beokuf hai matlab unhone bet bhi karna shuru kar diya unhone empire bhi rakh liya Harsha Bhogle ka replica bhi bana diya aadmi Harsha Bhogle ke kya commentary bhi kar raha hai I mean I don't know what is happening in this country but now sir as we are in the latter half of our discussion I want to focus on the struggles that you faced in the BCCI and you know you obviously talk about Mr. Rai in the book also, how, you know, your interactions with him and how there was a back and forth and how uh, he would respond to certain things. But I want to read this very specific quote again. You say the status quo is entrenched as office bearers in the board and the state associations were faced with an external crisis. They dilly-dallied in the implementation uh, in implementing the reforms by filing one review petition after another before the Supreme Court. They hoped against hope that the cataclysmic changes ordered by the court could be bypassed. Their delaying tactics lasted the entire year until, as mentioned earlier, the court finally ordered the removal of the president and the secretary in 2017. This is about a particular crisis. But I'm going to connect this to my question. Like, what is truly at stake? when it comes to 
state associations the board itself that when you make suggestions even at times you know somebody in charge inside in the bcci even if they want to they don't like how deep is this rot oh, the rot is pretty deep and that is what the book is all about uh for the simple reason that uh, uh cricket in this country is a uh, you know very rich enterprise it fetches so much of money that uh, there are a whole lot of people who are busy making a you know clean uh, profit out of it huge profit out of it and that is about it i mean nobody wants to promote cricket nobody wants to develop cricket nobody wants to help a struggling yashasvi uh, jaiswal or a struggling cricketer in some remote part of uh, india and there are so many of them every new face that you see on ipl has a story to tell and most often than not they have been through hell to come to that level you know they have gone through the grind of poverty deprivation playing with no shoes no kids in blazing sun no financial backup and supposing i mean out of say i would say 10000 cricketers playing one or two make it to the top the remaining who don't make it to the top brackets what happens to them what happens to the rest of their lives these are things to ponder about and this money that is made out of the ipl or out of cricket or out of the media rights or what have you if they could be channelized and utilized for the benefit of the people struggling at the grassroots level that is what uh, cricket in india needs and as mr ramchandra guha has said in his book the commonwealth of games uh, commonwealth of cricket that uh, if cricket was well managed if the money that is earned by cricket from cricket is well utilized indian cricket will be so strong that it will never lose a match any international match and i fully agree with him there is so much of talent in our country uh, which goes uh, which gets lost because there is no hand holding at appropriate levels so what exactly happened in your interactions with uh, mr rai mr vinod rai like you you mention um uh that uh, you know he had a certain way of working and uh, it certainly uh, it certainly uh, you know you it started off in a in a certain way your relationship and it ended in a certain way with him so what exactly were were your views and how did they gradually evolve see your kushal is like this that my role in the bcci was very limited it was limited to fighting corruption in cricket and i hoped that uh, here was a man who had fought corruption uh, i mean he claimed that he was the nation's conscience keeper uh, 
he had uh, uh, do in his audit reports as the auditor general of india he had exposed the rot that was there in so many uh, things like the commonwealth games or the uh, 2g spectrum and so on and so forth so he i felt that he was the right person to be brought into the cricketing system at that time and he would look out for me he'll call me he'll have long chats with me discuss corruption in cricket uh, find out what the problems were you know give me support and what have you but nothing of the sort happened he never had a never had any conversation with me in fact eventually i had to virtually force myself uh, you know create a situation in which he saw a presentation prepared by us uh, where we told him what all is happening around the country what all we have been able to do despite the limited resources and what all could be done if we were given proper support and i had hoped that after seeing the presentation he would become fully cognizant of the situation and uh, take suitable remedial measures but far from it it uh, made no difference to him or to whatever was happening in the board so i was very disappointed that i did not get any support from him and when various specific matters i brought to his notice from time to time he would listen to me but he would not do anything about it so that was my regret that was my lament and that is what i have written about in my book yeah because uh, you state uh, that uh, you have not understood what mr rai had against you and uh, why he did could not convey information to you in a more straightforward uh, manner uh, because you have praised him too in the book you you actually go ahead and praise him a lot in the book and you say and which quite categorically that you you are the more, you are the one person who was looking forward to working with him the most because you thought you know he has a, a line of action but it it's it's rather unfortunate that you know things uh, didn't pan out uh, uh, the way they were supposed to but i the one thing that i was also like bothered about this uh, in this uh, entire conversation was that even the like, charges of sexism are not taken seriously in the board or you really have to throw like a, re- a like you literally have a throw a fit for someone to hear i mean even basic stuff like that absolutely that is a matter of deep regret that even a matter of sexual harassment at workplace uh, was not uh, taken as seriously as it should have been and in the manner it should have been it's just disappointing because you know you you state the entire uh, case um uh it's it, it that that to me was was really disappointing but i now here is my point of view i have often been a very i know you have i don't know if you have given a clear cut answer so i guess i will ask you over here because book where i did, i could not understand 
because I don't think so. You you were very sold on the idea. Now I have long been a, an advocate of legalization of betting for multiple reasons in India. Is that no matter what you do, it just exists. Two, if it is formulated, you can actually control it in some way. I'm just sharing my point of view. Also, like it or not, the government can make money off of it. They can tax the damn income out of it and they can also generate indirect taxes and maybe a bit of the money can go into other welfare uh, welfare strategies. But do you think, what's your view on the legalization and the formalization of this process itself? Like my friends in America and Canada, they bet. They bet on sport. It's a very, in fact, you will know, in Australia, mein toh, betting is like second nature to them. But in their place, betting function hote so what, what, what do you make, uh, maybe this could be the place where we can end and have a bit of a discussion on this. What do you make of this entire process? Can, do you think this rot can be solved a little bit by maybe formalizing this entire process? Uh, I don't think so. For the simple reason that, first of all, please understand that who in this country would bet uh, with their white money? Maybe people like you or me. How much would you bet? Would bet say maximum a thousand rupees, or if you are very you are making good amount of money, maybe ten thousand rupees. Now ten thousand rupees, if you are betting and you are betting through your card or by signing a check, uh, don't forget that. Supposing you were to, uh, you know, win the bet, whatever you will earn, forty percent will be the tax on what. Uh, you earn 40 percent that is one part of it the second part of it is that you and i do not would not indulge in fixing a match we would not indulge in any kind of corruption in uh, the game people who indulge in corruption or who fix cricketers or fix matches or sport fix matches are people who Bet in kokhas, that means in crores or in peties. These people, they are real people around us. In almost every colony, there is a, a you know, person who faces these bets. And it is these people who have the resources to corrupt the game. So First of all, legalizing betting will be a politically incorrect decision to take because you are legalizing something which is at present illegal under the Gambling Act. Now, even if supposing we were uh, going to throw away this Gambling Act out of the window and legalize it, people who will put legal bets in this country, maybe, maybe huge in numbers, but they will always bet in small, uh, you know, quantities because there is a paper trail. You will have to pay very heavy amount of tax if you win a bet. And lastly, you and I don't matter as far as corruption in cricket goes. So legalizing of cricket, uh, betting in cricket will not help in fighting corruption in cricket. That is my thesis. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I, I get where you're coming from, but somehow I feel, uh, I mean, 
again, I come from a very different perspective. I lean very libertarian on these things. And I feel that, I mean, no matter what we do, these things exist. I mean, just to create a parallel where uh, I, uh, I mean, just to bolster your point is, uh, you know, funding in elections in India. Now there are electoral bonds. And it's very interesting. I remember, uh, if I remember the former uh, election commissioner, Mr. Qureshi, he probably had a talk where I asked him a question. I'm talking about years ago. And I asked him, why have you kept limit so much, Qureshi? You can allow so much in election campaigning. Mein. And he had told me, if I tell you that he doesn't give white money, because he doesn't give white do? We offered politicians the option of hum aapki election spending limit karodo kar dete hain the politician said nana itna karoge to logon ko lagega main itna paisa le raha hu logon se bilkul nahi karna there you are there you are even if uh, you know electoral bonds have been introduced uh, just compare the money that is collected through electoral bonds and the money that is uh, collected in black there will be no comparison it will be a very very minuscule Part the white money through electoral bonds will be a minuscule part of the black money that is donated through various other means. You know, so that is the reality of our country, unfortunately. In the horse racing, for instance, I'll tell you, horse racing is legalized. You can go and bet. But why people don't bet huge amounts of money there? Because it's so heavily taxed. 40% is a tax. So, uh, you know, even say in uh, places like Goa, casinos are there, you know, where you can legally place bets. But uh, how many people go there and uh, place bets legally? Because even if you win, you have to pay heavy amount of tax. Fair enough. Uh, so, so before we wrap it up, uh, Mr. Kumar, so uh, what's the next project now? Uh, cricket to... <laughs> cricket <laughs> abhi, abhi, abhi <laughs> I have been uh, asked to write a book on my experiences uh, as the Director General of Prisons. I was a DG Prisons in Delhi. So my experiences there were quite unique. All the VIPs, uh, they were there in my time. You know, you name Mr. Kalmadi, Mr. Raja, Kani Mozi, uh, and so many Reliance executives and uh, uh, number of IAS officers and so on. So uh, my experiences of uh, managing the prisons. So I'm trying to, I'm struggling with it. So that is going to be my next project. Uh, that, 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 sounds, uh, that sounds like another book I would love to read. This would be very interesting. So your experiences with such characters in Indian politics are going to be one hell of an affair. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to host you, Mr. Kumar. book uh, I, uh, I, I was intrigued and I was heartbroken at the same time because this is a sport that I personally love so much. Uh, I mean... Uh, India, mein, it's very hard to find a person who's not a cricket fanatic. I mean, we have game of Angrezo, to So yeah, it, it, it was heartbreaking, but I am glad you've written this book and 
and i had a great time reading it and and i hope and wish that you know your when your next book comes out i'll read and we'll talk again so once again thank you very much for coming thank you kushal it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and uh, uh, good evening to you and to all your viewers it has been a real pleasure interacting with you thank you so very much thank May thanks a lot Thank you. All right, guys, we'll wrap today's discussion up. Once again, before we wrap it up, in the description of the podcast, you will find the link to buy the book. I will insist all of you to go and buy the book, especially, you know, the, the, the book has a lot of instances from IPL and IPL scouting. A, a major chunk of this book is about the, the corruption that lies in scouting. A lot of times, you know, we, we talk about the Shri Sant affair or the Mohammad Azruddin affair or the Hansi Kruni affair. But to me, the main thing in this book was what happens under the garb of scouting. Scouting in cricket—that was a major thing that that you know I could I could see. So I would recommend all of you to go and buy this book and please support the Charvak podcast by liking this video, leaving your comments, or if you are an audio listener, go and check it out on Spotify too, and support the podcast by becoming a member or buying the merchandise. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, Namaste. Take care. Bye.